Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. In September, Oregon Governor Tina Kotek allocated $26 million to rural counties across the state as part of an emergency response to homelessness. Baker, Grant, Union, and Wallowa counties received $1.2 million of that. It'll go to rehouse at least 33 households. The money is being managed by Community Connection of Northeast Oregon. Connie Ginnert is the executive director of the nonprofit. She joins us now to talk about the work they do and how they will spend this new money. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dave. Can you give us a sense for the range of services that you provide? Oh, goodness. It is, uh, as you mentioned earlier in the conversation, it's really diverse. Um, We are the area agency on aging in the counties that you mentioned, which means we serve people with disabilities and seniors. Um, We are also a public transit provider in Union, Baker, and Wallowa counties. And then the community action agency for Union, Baker, Wallowa, and Grant counties. Meaning um, with a focus on addressing and alleviating poverty. Correct. Why? Why do you do all these different things? I mean, I mean, being a public transit agency and providing support for aging residents um, in a lot of places in the state, it's not the same agency that does those two things, let alone all the other things that you just mentioned. Absolutely. You're right. Uh, I think the rurality, the rural nature of our areas really dictates um, the need for services be combined so it is efficient, it's cost effective. Um, I I believe our agency, uh, just as a program came on, um, we decided to take that on and be the service provider. We try to listen to the needs of the people that we serve. So just given over time, it just evolves into um, a well-rounded very comprehensive agency serving the communities of Union Baker and Wallowa and all the cities in between um, in in a very efficient manner. Hmm. Uh, the rural nature. What are the challenges of being a kind of a public services Swiss Army knife? Always funding. Always funding. Um Also, making sure that our focus areas, meaning, you know, if we're working with a senior, making sure that everything that we provide to that person is all comprehensive. Um, And then switching gears to maybe providing, you know, a food box in uh, city of Wallawa. Um, The nice thing about being that Swiss Army knife, as you call it, is uh, it's it makes us a one stop shop. So, Meaning, so so what might that look like um, when when someone walks in your door or calls you up? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'll give you an example of maybe what our services look like in Union, or um, my apologies, in Wallawa and Baker offices. Um, both those offices offer every program we have at our disposal. So if a person walks in and um, they're 62 and they want to know about what's available to seniors out in the area, and we'd walk through that, you know, what's available, what might fit their needs. We also then educate them about, you know, the low income programs, what we offer as a community action agency. That could be a food box, that could be energy assistance for the winter season to help offset the high cost of um, heating a home or even the summertime cost of cooling a home. Um, it could look like, hey, we have medical transportation available if you're no longer driving. We also have public transit. It can bring you to the meal site. It can take you shopping to Safeway or into Walmart um, in Union County for a day. Hmm. So it's it's very interesting. We have to be very knowledgeable across a broad spectrum of programs. It's not just the the broad spectrum of programs you're providing, but it's also just the the enormous geographic scale that we're talking about. To put into perspective, in perspective, the distance between one end of your service area and the other, it's like a Portlander going to the Oregon-California border. That's how long it is. What does that mean for your organization? Um, it means stretched services because of staffing. Uh, in Grant County, we currently have one staff member up there providing our uh, community action agency programs. That would be energy assistance, housing and that. Um, for all of we, Grant County, I mean, which which itself County, is gigantic. Person. Right. One person. Um, it doesn't mean we don't support from Baker County if we have staff down there or from our administrative office here in LaGrande. Um, for senior programs, we contract with uh, Grant County itself to provide those services, and they have the employees. Hmm. Let's it's turn, huge. Let's turn to homelessness. Can okay. you give us a sense for what homelessness can look like in northeastern Oregon right now? If I say right now, um, homelessness looks like the cost of living is so high now, the cost of food, the cost of gas. Families are making a choice between paying their rent, paying their power bill, or feeding their families. So, you know, us having the ability to have the emergency funds the governor put through legislation is really important. It allows us to keep people in their homes longer term, you know, maybe to get through the, the current high costs that we're all facing. Um, we see unsheltered homeless um, across all four counties. People are either couch surfing, meaning they're staying with friends, um, they're pitching tents, they're living in their cars. Um, what I do find interesting, um, unfortunately, in rural areas such as ours, the houselessness and unsheltered people in our communities have, they don't have the exposure that you would often find in Salem or Portland. Um, just because it's not at the scale that they face. 
But if you bring down the um, compare the population base to the percentage of homelessness, you'd see they're very, very equal. Hmm. So has 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 homelessness changed in significant ways in the time that you've been working in social services? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've been in social services 16 years um, with this agency. And how we used to see homelessness was definitely couch surfing or, you know, they're staying with friends or in an RV. Um, That's how we've seen it. Very, very minimally. Um, now we see it in our face. People are pitching tents. Um, they're in the city parks. They're living under bridges. Um, it's it's a very sad state of affairs. One difference between the, some of the biggest population centers in the state and in northeastern Oregon is that it gets significantly colder there. I mean, do, do you see unsheltered homeless people um, in in the winter when it could easily be 10 degrees in various places. I am so glad you brought that up. Um, it can even be minus 20 in Grant or Wallowa counties. Um, people have to be sheltered before November. So housing has to be available for us to pay rent through, you know, through the uh, cold winter months, six months at a time, if possible. Um, they they have to have a place of, of warmth, um, security to be able to survive the winter because they're not going to be able to survive out in the tents or um, living in their car. It's just not sustainable. What else do you think people in larger urban areas may not understand about the issues that that rural counties are facing when it comes to homelessness? Hmm. I think um, in the more urban areas, you have multiple resources. Uh, As we talked about in our earlier part of the conversation, our agency does so much. Um, There are so many resources available in those metropolitan areas somebody, you know, a person who's unsheltered could go and stay at a shelter for a week if that's the term that they can stay. They can then, you know, maybe find a church to help put them in a hotel. Um, In our more urban areas, having a shelter, a warming station or a houseless shelter is just, it's, it's not always there. I can tell you that in Union County, we have one warming station. And that is the only warming station for unsheltered houselessness people between Pendleton and Ontario. Hmm. That's it. Wow. One place. One place. And they their capacity right now is between 24 to 30 beds a night. What what is the what did you learn from the most recent point in time count? Speaking of numbers. You know, The point in time count is a conundrum to me. Um, I think the national date that's picked is is wonderful. You get a true sense of homelessness uh, across the entire nation. However, in cold areas like ours, people are housed. They have to be housed because of our weather. So I don't believe it gleans a true accurate picture of houselessness in our area. Hmm. 
So I want to remind folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking right now with Connie Ginnert, the Executive Director of Community Connection of Northeast Oregon. They work in Baker, Grant, Union, and Wallowa counties. We're talking about efforts to combat, combat homelessness in northeastern Oregon. You know, I asked you about um, what you think people in urban areas may not understand or may not be thinking about when it comes to homelessness in places like northeastern Oregon. But what misconceptions do you think people in your own area have about homeless populations? Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Um, I wouldn't want to project my opinions onto somebody else or make assumptions, but um, I think well, but, but I imagine you don't you needn't make assumptions, but I, yeah. I imagine you do hear actual people saying actual things. We do. We do. Um, I think there are assumptions out there that houselessness is all based on drug use. Um, how people spend their money. Uh, it's always a matter of choice. They don't have to be houseless. Um, and, and those are misconceptions. Um, you can have a family, you know, living in their van or their car because they don't have good rental history. So they need to work with community partners and have the availability to re-energize rental history. Um, it, it could be as minimal as one episode of being ill and not being able to work. You can't, if you're not able to work and not able to get unemployment because you're not out there seeking a job, how do you pay your rent? And and rents here for a single apartment range from $750 to you know, $1,600. How does one live like that? Um, the cost of living is so high that it has such an impact on each individual situation. Hmm. Well, let's turn to this new money from the state. $1.2 million shared mm -hmm. between uh, the work you do in, in four different counties. Mm -hmm. What are you going to be doing with that money? Um, we are going to be working with the one and only warming station available here, mm -hmm. trying to support uh, their efforts in housing more people through the winter months. Um, they did not receive any additional uh, funding from Oregon Housing and Community Services. We wrote a couple grants with them and they weren't funded, so we're going to work with them. We are also going to work with lo local uh, landlords to be able to increase some sh uh, units if uh, available. So one particular uh, RV space owner in Wallowa County, um, that owner has the ability to add on maybe eight more spaces. We can help him get that prepared so that RVs can be parked there um, to provide uh, during the winter months of some warm places for people to stay. We so in are, a sense, those, that is a kind of a makeshift shelter, or that would is. be one family's yes. semi-permanent home. Correct. Correct. Keeping them warm through the winter months. Hmm. Um, we're also working with local hotel motel owners in all four counties. So that way we can purchase um, blocks of hotel rooms. So that way, if we have a family you know, they can at least be in a hotel room for a week or two or four weeks at a time during the cold months or why they're looking for a permanent place to live. Um, all of these services that we're trying to work 
um, through this EO funding is all about self-sufficiency, wraparound services. We want to be able to pay people's rent to keep them in their homes, whether that's 12 months of rental assistance while they go ahead and find jobs, save up money to um, prepare for when that assistance ends. Uh, we're also going to use it with case management to bring in other community resources which is a wonderful part of being in a rural area. We have wonderful community partners and we all work well together to find a solution for each family that is very specific to them, whether that be um, working with the local medical facilities, mental health, uh, court systems, the local uh, community health programs, um, Department of Health and Human Services, whatever that looks like, we're going to be working with all of our partners to um, keep those families housed, fed, warm, as long as we can. Hopefully, a step up out of the houselessness situation and keep them in more permanent housing. Have you already been spending this money to help families? We actually haven't. We were only signed last week, hmm. our complete grant. Um, the wonderful thing about this grant um, that the governor did is it doesn't end until June of 2025. So hopefully though having the ability to work 18 to 24 months with a family or with these funds helps create that long-term stability that families need for houselessness. This is one-term money though, right? My understanding, it's one-term money. What happens when it's gone? Oh, goodness. I think we all have that on our minds, and I don't know if um, anyone has an answer to that. Um, our answer with this funding, what was important to all of us as a planning group, was to create self-sufficiency. Um, how can we, you know, support people who want to find jobs, who want to be self-sufficient? Um, what does that look like? And it really came down to the wraparound services. What can we do to provide a hand up um, for long-term sustainability? Connie, thank you very much. Well, thank you for the time. I really appreciate focusing in on rural Oregon. Connie Ginnert is the executive director of Community Connection of Northeast Oregon. For many people, the holiday season means getting together with family and friends and eating special meals. It can also be a reminder of people we've lost and the foods they used to make, because sometimes even with a recipe, we can't quite recreate their dishes. If you want to share your stories of people who are no longer with us and the food they used to make, you can leave us a voicemail right now. Our number is 503-293-1983. If you don't want to miss any of our shows, you can listen on NPR's app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Our nightly rebroadcast is at 8 p.m. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. We'll be back tomorrow. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, Michael, Kristen, Andrew Kern, and Anna Sanford. <laughs>